good morning church just so excited to be here today i've got a lot of wires going on here yeah and i know we're talking about limits so i'm just looking at all the limits we have here <laughs> i am very excited uh to be here today it's been four years if i can say that we've been waiting on god and the songs that we were singing today dead situations things happening not seeing things happening i see only problems we see only problems but god is already seeing the victory right amen so we are so excited we got this news on thursday that our pr uh, has come through it changes our our status in this country and uh, when i was preparing this so it's been a week of of churning a lot of churning the season that we were, we were in the season that we are in now like we're kind of entering into something new talking about limits talking about things that we can do and all through this month uh, james spoke about limits sean spoke about limits is been like just going deep down you know just just sinking in what god has been doing and it's just so incredible that we always take limits in a very negative way but it's not limits it's it's good because we are humans right limits is good limits are good limit is good and that's what i wanted to talk about i will be concluding uh the series uh that the series that we were having about embracing our limits we did have a fantabulous week last week dan spoke about he already went ahead and spoke about the impossibilities right and i remember sitting right there where mohit is sitting and uh, he said stand up and you pray for the impossible ask god for that and he just prayed and on thursday we got we heard the news so that's incredible i mean how things work it's so good and i just want to thank you church for for being there with us i remember someone had said that we will be corporately praying for our statuses to change and i've seen time and again people who are getting their pr statuses papers sorted out and those who are waiting in line it's it's coming it's coming amen right so uh just to dig into what i wanted to talk today it is thriving within within our limits and uh, james spoke about a season of limits we cannot do everything that we may want to do we want to live a full life in christ in freedom and he gave us a beautiful scripture and i just love it first thessalonians 4:11 make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and whenever we sing that song everything else goes away jesus you are the only one when mary picks up that that song no distraction focus on jesus just practice that it's so difficult to peel off layer after layer to come to the point where we can actually focus on jesus that we can actually become still that we can actually be in that place that we are attuned to what god is saying because the busyness of life our activities things that we are doing our, our limitations our situations our circumstances have just created this this layer thick layer that we actually need to pull it off peel it off to be able to be in that place where we can have a restful life so i really encourage you as what james said that make it an ambition to lead a quiet life Sean spoke about loving father and how we don't have to do anything strive in our own to please anyone no comparisons no uh, nothing to please because god accepts us our father accepts accepts us as we are we got to run our race and run it well quite a lot of us even in my family we have very good starters right my husband loves to start these projects lot of projects they just get started and then they never get finished 
because we are all good starters, but we are not good finishers. And as Sean said, don't get burnt out. Don't get lost in, in things which are not import, uh, important, but they are not priority at that time. Do what you can do. Set your limits. Say no. Learn to say no. Don't have to please anyone and finish the race well. Amen? And as I said, it has been a personal challenge because, you know, I'm from India. And the time when I was in India, my family and uh, the, the society at that time, the cultural background was such that parents expected their children to do well. So a father, you would quite often hear them say that, hey, son or daughter, you can do whatever you want to do as long as you are doing engineering or medicine. And <laughs> I heard it quite often, but I didn't go in that field. But I must say that I, I don't regret not going in that field. But I must say that my husband succumbed to that pressure and he became an engineer. But the thing is that the society expects so much from us. Coming from India, coming from our, my own culture, my own family background, there were expectations that I had to meet. Uh, boundaries that had to be pushed. I don't like boundaries. I don't like constraints. I don't like anything that limits me. And I would make it the purpose of my life to break those boundaries, to push them. That's how I have been. And, and some of you can relate with that, that you need to push that to see how far you can go. Right? We have toddlers, we have children in our family. I have a son. Pushing boundaries is a, is a constant battle that we have, right? And you are constantly setting those boundaries to see how far or what they are not supposed to do. Because creating boundaries creates a safe place for us to work. And I would push boundaries to see what I can do, what I cannot do. How far as I go, can I go? How, what, what would be the repercussions of it? Can I bear it? Can I not bear it? And things would just go on with that kind of a, of a push. And because of that, I became an achievaholic. I wouldn't say workaholic, I would say achievaholic. Because achievements gave me satisfaction. And the more I achieved, the more I wanted. And the more I wanted, the more I wanted to work towards it. And I just loved calling myself a multitasker, doing a lot of things, juggling too many things. And then you're always in a fear that which ball you're going to drop, right? Adam here does a little bit of juggling. I've seen him do that. And you're always very careful that you're holding, catching all the balls that you need to, right? And that would create such fear that I might drop off things. I might not be able to achieve things. What if I don't achieve? And what would people think of me? And that has been quite a... Um, quite a lot of years dealing with this kind of a situation till I gave it to God, till I surrendered. And then I learned that it doesn't matter because as long as I'm giving my best, that is good enough. No pressure, no fear, no fear of uh, being uh, rejected because I am doing what God has wanted me to do, having time and space and room to deal with things that God wants me to, wants me to enjoy. He has given us a life, right? John 10, 10 says he came to give us a life, life of abundance. And if I'm busy in doing things that are important, may not be important, but I'm always busy, caught up in the busyness of it, not being in that place of, of uh, communion with God, I'm not living a life of abundance. We may have money, we may have things, materialism, but where is that communion, that place of rest where you are to be within, in that presence with God? On the other hand, inaction is also a certain kind of limitation, right? Some of us may be doing a lot of things, but some of us may be paralyzed by fear. Some of us may not take actions and remain in that situation because we are afraid to take risk. 
And that is also setting some kind of a limit to things that we are not doing and being in that state where we are. I was reading something recently about Busyness 101, and the title just uh, was very interesting, Busyness 101. And uh, this guy was talking about some theories and why we are so busy in our modern lives. And I thought it would be good to, to speak about it, share it here. So one of the things he says is, busyness as a badge of honor and trendy status symbol, or the glorification of busy to show our importance, to show our self-worth. And this comes from a point when we do not know what, who we are in Christ, when we do not know our identity. That's where this busyness as a badge of honor comes. I'm so busy, right? Second one, busyness as job security. It's the outward sign of productivity and uh, company loyalty. You want to show that you are busy because you want to show to the people that you work with that you are busy. There's this culture in our country, uh, in India, where you would work as long as you work, as long as your supervisor is in the, in the branch or in the office, you just work. Because if you leave, what would the person think? But you have already finished your work. And people would end up working 14, 16 hours just because everybody is working. Right? No limit to it. So busyness as job security. Busyness as FOMO. Some of you may know, fear of missing out. You don't want to miss out on things, so you keep yourself busy all the time. And uh, you have a packed calendar, you have activities, color-coded, because you just don't want to miss out on anything. The other one, which I think is very true, and uh, the younger generation would agree with me, is the busyness as a byproduct of the digital age, that we are 24 by 7 connected to our devices. My son recently got a watch which he can receive messages on it. So even to pick up the phone and to see who has messaged, now you can just look here, you can reply from there, and I just feel that he has become increasingly busier in his life because there's just so much connection digitally happening that we don't want to miss. If there is a click on your phone or your Apple Watch or whatever you're wearing, you want to just go and check what is happening, right? And constantly, we don't realize it, that more and more we are connected digitally, more and more our time, because digital devices are very much here, right, in our personal space. You don't even have to go and pick up something, it's right there. And we are constantly getting busy and engaged in that activity, right? So busyness as a byproduct of the digital age. The other one is busyness as a time filler. Because of our lack of relationships, not, being, uh, not having fear of meeting people, fear of going out, we have contained ourselves to our rooms, to our houses, we don't meet as often we would like to meet in the community, do activities together as a family. We use busyness as a time filler because that's what keeps us busy. The other one is busyness as a necessity, just because you have to work. You have to make ends, ends meet. So you have two jobs, three jobs, weekends you're working, more hours you're working. And the last one is busyness as, escape, as escapism, from idleness and slowing down to actually just being busy. So I don't want to slow down, I just remain busy. And I thought these were some of very valid points that I could relate to, and, and I have seen it happening. And if any one of us is engaged or caught up in this kind of a busyness, I think it's, it's a good time to say, start putting boundaries, to start saying no to such busyness, and removing, making space for us to do activities that would enrich us, being in communion with God, spending time with uh, 
reading Bibles, spending time with God, listening to music, gospel music, Christian music, filling our minds with, with right things that would just help us grow, nurture, and nourish. There's a scripture in Philippians 4.13, which we always use. I can do all things through Christ. And I used to have, when I was young, I used to have a t-shirt with red, white t-shirt with red big words that said, I can do all, and all was like letters big and dropping down through Christ who strengthened me, uh, strengthens me. And the focus would be all. I can do all things. And quite often we are looking at these words. I can do all things. And we try to do all things. Right? But we forget the second part of it. Through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. That through is that place of surrender. That through is that place of thriving. That I can do all things. I'm a human. I'm limited. But I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. When the pandemic came, we are out of, kind of getting out of it now. We're going to meet in person next week. I'm so excited to see everyone here in this place. Yes. <laughs> yes, when the pandemic came, there were challenges. Unexpected closures, restrictions, there were lifestyle changes, modification, these masks. We couldn't give hugs. Do you take hugs? You don't take hugs. You would, you would ask people, right? And I can testify this, that as a community, as a church, we not only survived this pandemic, we thrived, right? Our creativity came out in its best form. Things that we could do. We used to meet outside that Falconer, our office, and beautiful, it was like a picnic that we were having. All these people coming together, people from their houses could hear that we were singing, sitting under the trees in that very basic, rustic way that the Bible talks about, that Jesus would walk down, sit by the mountain, by the river, by the beach, and he would just talk right? That's how we felt. Worship, the things that we have done, meeting in this place, it's just incredible. And our community has just come up and uh, not only survived, but thrived in this situation. Limits create opportunities for us, right? And uh, we innovate, we create in times when we are limited. And we don't know how much we can do or what innovative things we can do when we are put in that situation, when we recognize those, those limits. And talking of limits, we know, and I think James had touched on this before, that creation is inherently, um, limits are inherently part of creation, right? When God created the earth, he divided, he set the limits, he created man, Adam and Eve, he put them in the garden of Eden in a space, right? And... Uh, <laughs> yes. This is my limit. <laughs> People say, why are you not using an iPad? I like paper. I like to see things that they are there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the world came into existence by God's word with boundary lines. Adam and Eve were put in the Garden of Eden, a defined area. Right? And the plan was to thrive in that place in communion with God. In fact, limits are intricately woven in the very fabric of creation. The world came to be with boundaries which create order for us to flourish. 
First there was nothing, and through the word it became something. It was given a name and a purpose. God created the heaven and the earth, the light, the sun, the moon. He created man, woman. Uh, creation was given limits to reproduce, to be subject to changing seasons, time, crops, and flourish. And Adam and Eve were put there to steward all this that was given to them. They were also in a, in a limit of covenant relationship, right, Adam and Eve. Limits create the conditions for relations. They are like guardrails that help us or help, uh, guide us to a place where we know and we are known. And to be able to thrive in the limits or within our limits, it's important to know which season we are in. It's very important because each season comes with its own limitations. Each season, we have our own feelings, what we are going through, things that we are dealing with. And it's so important that we recognize what season we are in. Mark 4.28, it says, All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, and then the full kernel in the head. And we sang that song, that even though we don't know what's happening, God is working, right? So when you sow a seed, we do not know what's happening under, underneath, what's happening under the ground, but we know something is happening. Right, Because the, the uh, soil is going to produce the grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the kernel in the head. Farmer's life is a life of faith and faithful life. Life of faith because he believes that the seed that he is planting or sowing, despite storm, rain, hail, or snow, is going to bring harvest. But his life is also a faithful one. Because every day, he has to show up to take care of it, right? To tend, to, uh, to weed it out, to water, and to harvest what's going to come. You may be in a season of taking care of the crop, tending, removing weeds. Or when the full blade comes, you're going to harvest it. You cannot plant the seed in the first season and expect to go and harvest the whole crop at the end, unless you have taken care of it. Seasons are important, because when we move from each season to each season, there is work that is happening. We are growing, we are building our muscles. We are going through that season to move into the next level. And I can testify that because we were here for four years, four years of waiting and praying and resting, and God planted us in this community to be loved on, that's it, that's what James and Lee did. That's what leaders did. That's what you did. Just loved on us without expecting anything in return. And we were in that season where we just wanted to be in the place of rest. Right? But acknowledging what season it is, it's so important. Because if we fight that season, we are just doing stuff that is not making sense. And we get frustrated and we get disappointed because that does not make sense to us. In that season, you have to work with the limits of those seasons. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, which is every, all of us know, that for everything there is a season. Identify the season that you are in. Seek God's direction, whether it's being still in the presence of God, whether you are waiting or seeking wisdom, whether you are warring or whether you are winning, whichever season you are in. Yeah? 
You may think that God has called you for things and you may not be able to see what that thing is coming to a fruition. Maybe you've been pro you have heard God give you those promises as what Tiara was saying, that she is praying to go into missions. 75% of her finances are taken care of, waiting for things to happen. That's the season, right? And then the next season would come where she would be working and stepping into what God has called, us, called her into. God is preparing you in, that, in whichever season you are in. And when you identify the season that you are in, you identify your limits. And that's so important because limits, and the book says that limits are deep spiritual issues because inherently we rebel. We don't like constraints. We don't like limits, right? No one likes limits. As humans, we are always trying to overreach, push boundaries. That's what Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden. They overreached. Transgression, transgression means overreaching reaching out across. We need to recognize that we are humans. We have our limits. We get tired. We get thirsty. We, uh, in our body, soul, and spirit, right? In our body and soul, we are limited. We are limited by our five senses, what we see, how far we can see, what we speak, what we hear, what we touch. We are limited by our personality traits, introverts, extroverts, things that we can, we can do, what we cannot do. Limited by our temperament, our physical attributes, our social conditioning, country that we come from, language that we speak. These are all our, our limitations. And acknowledging them, identifying them, it's good. Because it makes us unique. It makes us me. It makes you, you. Because of these limits. But there are two questions that I would like, like us to ask. That what limits do I need to receive and submit to as a God's invitation to trust him? And what limits is God asking me to break through? And why are we talking about limits? Because I want to talk about the space that we are going to create. So if we acknowledge certain limits that we have and we put those limits in place, when we learn to say no, when we put those limits, we are creating an area, right? Setting walls, we are creating an area. And then when we are pushing through some boundaries, when we are pushing through some limits that we are not supposed to have, maybe it's as a result of our immaturity, if you have to push those limits, we are creating a safe space, a space where we can thrive and we can grow, a space where we know that if we exercise, we are building the muscles of our faith, a place where we know that we can rest and don't do anything, a place where we can commune with God. And this can only happen when the busyness of life, when those layers and layers of things that we are going through is removed. When we talk about limits that God is asking us to break, they can be limits in terms of unforgiveness that we are holding. They can be things that are holding us back, unforgiveness, hurts and pains in the past. It can be things that we are not letting go and God wants us to let, let those things go so that we can push those limits out, that we can break through those limits by believing in God, trusting in him. And with his power, all things through Christ who strengthens me, that we can break through those. Because God has called us for a life of abundance, a life of thriving. A Christian life is a life of thriving. What does thriving mean? It means flourishing right? It means radiating. It means advancing. It means blooming. 
And don't, don't think that just because that you are in a place of rest, you would not grow. Because rest is also, when someone is working out in a gym, you can only do certain level of exercise. After that, if you do, you're going to hurt your body. And then you take a break, and then you let those muscle cells build in, and then you exercise again. Rest is so important. Because it's not like nothing is happening. Things are happening when you are also resting. John 15.5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So to thrive, we need to be in, plugged in that source. Abiding in Christ, the life giver, the living water. There's a beautiful story of uh, Isaac. And uh, I'm just kind of coming to an end here. That Isaac was in a, in a place where God had given him a word, promised him that you dwell here and you will flourish. And he was in that place. And there was famine in that land. But he reaped harvest. He was blessed hundredfold in that place. He was facing famine. He was facing opposition from the people who were there. He was facing, um, there were distractions. But he remembered what God had told him. He stood, he lived in that place. He dug a well, which was taken away. He dug another well, which was again taken away. And then he dug a well with fresh water, and he called it Rehoboth, which says, because for now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in this land. Staying in our season, acknowledging our limits, identifying our limits, doing what God wants us to do, hearing him, attuning to him, right? Abiding in that life-giving, the, the, the source of life, abiding in Christ, we thrive. We make that room, that Rehoboth, which says that God has made that room so that you can flourish in that place. And I really encourage you, church, today, that as, as we are coming out of this season of pandemic, coming out of restrictions, coming out of our, our limitations of this season, we have survived. But surviving is not enough. We have to thrive. We just need to acknowledge those things because God is doing things through us, through each one of us. He has kept us safe. He has blessed us. He has brought us here in this place. For what? What is the purpose that we have? To live the life of abundance, to show who Jesus is, to love on our people, to love community, to, to reach out to those 99% uh, who are not believers, to spread the word, to, just through our lives, that we can show that God, who God is, who we are. We are praying for countries who are getting a, at, at crossroads, who are at war. We're praying. We become prayer warriors, intercessors, there are things that God has called us to do. And we do it recognizing what our limits are. We do it recognizing what our seasons are. I just want to end with this verse. In Psalm 18, 19, it says, He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. But in the message version, it says, and I love this, He stood me up on a wide open field. I stood there, saved, surprised to be loved. I'll read again. He stood me up on a wide open field. I stood there, saved, 
surprised to be loved. And verse 30 continues on to say, What a God! His road stretches straight and smooth. Every God direction is road tested. Everyone who runs towards him makes it. And that's what I want to leave you with. That open space. Limits, recognizing them. Season, recognizing them. Knowing who you are. Identity, abiding in Christ. Abiding in that source of living water. And living a life in that safe space. No fear. Because that's the safe space. Where we build, we rest, we strengthen ourselves, we renew ourselves. We do what God has called us to do, whatever calling he has on our life. Or we just don't do anything. But being in that safe place, not feeling constricted, not feeling tired, not feeling frustrated and disappointed. Because we are abiding in who Christ is, abiding in him. Let's pray. Father God, we just, we just love you, Lord God. We just love you for who you are, Father. For being such a compassionate Father, for a loving Father. For creating us in our identity, for giving us this identity, for telling us who we are in you, Father God. That we are so loved. That you pulled me out and put me on that open space, a wide space where I'm saved and delighted to be loved, surprised to be loved, because you only want to love on us, Lord God. Thank you for giving us limits, Father God, that we don't fall off. Thank you for giving us limits that we know what we are capable of doing, what we can do in our physical capacity, Father God. Thank you for telling us, Father God, that we are humans created by you, Father God. And that we respect these limits, Father. That we recognize these limits. And that we grow into that person that you've called us to be, Father God. That we grow in you, Lord God. That we do things through you, Father God. Strengthened by you. And that we are in this place of thriving. Lord Jesus. Living a life of thriving, of flourishing, of abundance. Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this month of embracing our limits, Father God, that this community grows in that place of recognizing our limits and, and embracing them, Father, so that we lead a victorious life, a victorious living. Help us to say no to things that we should be saying no, Father God, and saying yes to things that we should be saying yes, Father. Thank you, Lord, for everything. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Shomla. Thank you for teaching us and, and speaking to us on thriving with limits. Thing. My watch says, We can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's you and I. We can do all things through Christ. So, Lord, help us learn to um, recognize the season that we're in, to embrace the limits and um, to remain in you like the branches and the vine, because everyone who runs to you makes it. So thank you, church. We'll see you again next week. And um, yeah, have a great week. Bless you guys. Uh -huh.